You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Themba. What's going on, everybody? John and Pemmy here at Howard Bender. This is the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS podcast here, recording for week 14. Howard, uh, season is coming and going just as quickly as it was anticipation for it. Uh, week 14 here already. Some nice matchups that we're going to be looking to take advantage of. How you feel about everything you've been doing the watch list so far this week? I feel pretty good about it. We've got a, a it's a real interesting slate actually. There's uh there there are a lot of there's a lot of top tier talent that's actually off the board that we usually get to kind of play with. We obviously we just had Minnesota Pittsburgh go the other night. You've got Green Bay, so Aaron Rodgers is off the table with a Sunday night game, and so is Devontae Adams, David Montgomery in that game as well. And then you're losing a fair amount with the Stafford Cup and the rest of the Los Angeles Rams and Kyler Murray and company with Arizona. So you take that, you couple that with the bye weeks here for uh, for week 14, and we've got some really good starts, but obviously not a, a huge amount of marquee talent available. Yeah, also playing a role in this week is that we have five games with a point spread of at least eight and a half points. We have three games with 10 point spreads as well. So we have maybe some blowouts on the table here to look at. And you also have, like you mentioned, some top guys not available to us on the slate. But how would that said, we'll start off at the quarterback position. And everybody's question that I've seen a lot in our Discord, I've seen some on Twitter as well. You know, what are we doing with Patrick Mahomes? This is the matchup against the Raiders a few weeks back where he threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. But around that performance, he's had five games of under 15 fantasy points. So do we trust that this is just a matchup that he has figured out? Or are we fading Patrick Mahomes as a top price quarterback? I don't necessarily know if I want to fade Patrick Mahomes as a, as a top price quarterback. He's definitely involved for GPP. The last time, yeah, that they faced the Raiders, he uh, he was dynamic. It's been slow going. The thing about playing the Raiders is that their defense is a run funnel. And since Kansas City doesn't really have that running game that you usually like to see with teams facing the Raiders, then you kind of have to tilt towards the uh, the passing game. So yeah, I'm in on Mahomes. He's in the uh, he's in the watch list there. Whether I choose to invest as my cash game quarterback, though, that's a different story. Anybody can be a anybody can be a, a GPP quarterback. But you know, when I look for a cash game quarterback, Obviously, the uh, the player's floor is a... Looking at the Tampa Bay-Buffalo matchup here, obviously, those are the next two top-priced guys. We, we know the Brady at-home narrative, 20 passing touchdowns in the five home games this season. Buffalo coming off a really tough loss at home against New England, but this is only a three-point spread and a 53-and-a-half game total here, Howard. Is this sort of where we're looking at and as maybe uh, core plays at the quarterback spend-up spot? It's definitely possible, and and I, to be honest, as great as Brady's been at home, I kind of think I like Allen a little bit better, just because based on what you saw against against Buffalo last week and what we've seen in the past, I'm sure the Bucks are going to try to run a little bit more with Fournette. Not that Brady isn't going to get hit, but I think we'll start seeing a, a little bit of, of extra work from Fournette just because it just does seem so easy to run on the bills right now whereas with buffalo you don't like to run on tampa bay it's not impossible but you're better off with the passing game so with given their secondary is their big weakness here i kind of tilt toward yeah i think it's interesting like you mentioned the weakness is definitely in their secondary and 
know, we've gone back and forth a little bit that this could be a spot where I've heard you mention it, I heard Adam Ronas mention it on Alarm After Hours, where Buffalo is coming in here and, you know, pissed about what just happened the other week. And they're going to kind of come in here and try to right the ship and maybe uh, show out a little bit against this team. So I could certainly see that uh, being the case as well. Uh, what are we doing with Justin Herbert? We have the Chargers as a 10-point home favorite going up against the Giants. This is a team in, in, with the Chargers that right now, obviously, a lot of questions. Mike Williams looks like he's going to go. Currently still a close contact, but continues to test negative. I haven't heard much from the Keenan Allen camp, what's going on there with him, but Herbert could be going to this game, either missing his top two receivers or having them both, but a great matchup here against the Chargers and in home games this season, he's averaging 25 fantasy points. Well, you just bypass leapfrog right over poor Lamar Jackson. Poor Lamar. I have no interest. I have no interest in Lamar. Why? Because he's burned you? Not that he's burned me. I just think that there are better options on the board. I mean, I don't know. Cleveland does have a good defense. Cleveland's at home. There's just a lot of different variables in that game where maybe that makes him a great contrarian play this week because I think a lot of people are going to look at that Allen-Brady matchup in the 53-point total. They're going to see Herbert against the the Chargers, and there's a lot in the mid-tier, a couple guys that I like under 7K where I just think no, nobody goes Lamar. I know you and I, we find ourselves generally in, in making some sort of like Lamar Jackson Raven stack, it feels like every Sunday at some point. I mean, maybe that'll be the case again this week, but in terms of my overall look on him, I'm, I'm not really targeting him. Yeah, I actually didn't have any any Lamar last week. I don't even think I had him the week before. I do have some interest here in, in him uh, against Cleveland. I, I think their secondary does get a little shaky at times, and we'll have to see. As far as Herbert goes... Yeah, listen, we haven't heard anything from Keenan Allen's camp, but here's the deal. So a, a guy who's vaccinated needs to be asymptomatic for at least 48 hours before he can rejoin the team, and he needs two negative tests. We haven't – the only player who's tested positive and played still that same week was T.J. Watt. I was thinking it was like two weeks ago that happened. Everybody else seems to end up missing a week. So – I feel like we're going to be without Keenan Allen this week. Mike Williams should play. He keeps testing negative. So uh, so we'll just have to kind of just keep that ball rolling. He was deemed a close contact. But, you know, the, with any unvaccinated player, they're, they're getting tested like almost every day. So mm-hmm. he'll just continue to get tested. If he continues to be negative, then he'll be fine. And he'll be good to go. And we're all in on, on him. It's interesting with the I'm still in on Herbert. I feel like we could see a lot of short passing work to Austin Eckler. Right. I just wrote my article for the New York Post talking about this situation because I think that you've got Jalen Guyton and you've got Josh Palmer. Guyton profiles more like Mike Williams, right? Like good deep threat, vertical, can stretch the field down the uh, down the sidelines, right? Runs that skinny post real well, and we've just seen that uh, a bunch for Guyton. Palmer to me is more of the more the versatile guy. Palmer is the guy who can line up in the slot, can can work those short slants. So I kind of feel like if if Keenan Allen is, you'll still have Mike Williams and you'll still have Jalen Guyton on the other side, and they'll throw Josh Palmer into the slot, which I kind of dig. And they've got two decent pass catching tight ends in in Cook and and Parham. So, you know, I mean, I'm in on it. I don't love it. Obviously, when Keenan Allen is your bread and butter, I mean, Keenan Allen's your bread and butter. I'd rather just pay a, a few hundred down and, and go with Dak Prescott, knowing that his ground game is crap right now. 
Yeah, and, and I think Dak and Russell Wilson both being priced for the hour will be popular options this week as well in that mid-tier. But the one thing with Dak is you know, CeeDee C- Lamb, definitely the top target there. But both Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are really priced nicely this week as well. Do you trust those secondary receivers or do you just pay up for Lamb in this spot? Because if Cooper does decide to produce at 5,900 or Gallup does catch a touchdown at 55 or 56, I think he is. That's a great value. So my problem almost with Dak is like, where do you go with the stack with him, right? That's picking the right guy sometimes is more difficult than it seems. Yeah, see, that's why I would just, I I look at Dak and, and that situation. You can look at most situations in similar fashion, right? There's nothing wrong with just using him as a one-off, right? Because one, if, by getting Dak, you've now invested in CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Like, you've got a slice of anything that they do having Dak Prescott. So you don't need to necessarily pair them up. Like, I'll you guarantee a pair up when you do, like, Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Right. Right, because you know that's the only place he's gonna go. But with guys who spread the ball around a lot more, then I tend to just want to sit with the quarterback and not necessarily have that that stack unless it's like a super tasty matchup. And in this case, it's a great matchup. But like you said, where do you go with with three strong wide receivers and a great pass catching tight end? Like where do you go with that? Exactly right, and, and that's where I tend to struggle a little bit now it's definitely been cd lamb as the number one guy here so like you, you can kind of safely plug him in but he's expensive right he's like the third highest price receiver on the board this week for guys that are going to be asked so it's like you're paying up there you're paying up at you know mid-tier high mid-tier pay up uh, for dak and you gotta gotta build your team around it or you can go with the guy below him with russell wilson and then his receivers and Lockett and metcalf are sitting in that 6K range for a price as well with Metcalf at 65, Lockett at 67. Lockett of late has sort of been the more productive receiver. They're starting to work Metcalf. I, th- I felt better about it last week. I had the eight targets, five for 60. But now they have Houston, right? And, and this is just, they have no re- no real running game to speak of. I know we talked about it, and yeah, you have a nice little theory going on with the Seattle running game with Adrian Peterson, but I- I'm definitely liking what we've seen out of Wilson these last few games. I like what we've seen out of Wilson for the last two games as well. It's definitely nice. And yeah, I do. My my theory about it, this obviously a bit of an exception. Usually when you've got this, the defense that's so bad against the run, kind of fade the QB because you know that you're going to see the running back get the majority of the work. But given the situation there in Seattle, who knows with Alex Collins, Adrian Peterson is chasing records, but you know how how often is he really going to be used, and does he does his volume turn into does it get increased towards the tail end of the game as they're just in garbage time and they're looking to kill the clock? So I, I'd be interested in in Wilson. I think that when you're locking it down with Lockett and and Metcalf and you're just focused on those two, I, I think it becomes a decent GPP stack. I don't necessarily know if I love it as my if I love Wilson as my cash game quarter. If we're looking below, then who are the quarterbacks on your radar and sort of the value tier? Are you in on a Taysom Hill against your Jets? You kind of have to be, right? It's like I look at Taysom Hill, I look at Cam Newton also. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of have to be in on both of these guys, with the matchup. Hill with the, the mallet finger that he's dealing with, it's not going to hold him out of the game and it's not going to destroy him. Push comes to shove, Taysom Hill's going to run the ball 
when he gets the opportunity and the, the Jets are just they're, they're terrible. Do you see those big holes in in the Thursday night game that that the right. Minnesota offensive line was getting gifted by Pittsburgh's defense? Like that's you're going to get that from the Jets, I'm sure, right? It's going to be that kind of a situation. So Taysom Hill definitely go, jumps into play as a as a good paydown and Cam Newton it's the same. He poaches the touchdowns at the goal line, so I'm not really worried about Abdullah or Chuba Hubbard. And uh, he does seem to have a nice rapport with DJ Moore over the last three games. Moore's been the uh, the most targeted receiver. So I, I could look at a pairing like that, do like a Cam Newton, DJ Moore sort of a pairing. I, I probably like Taysom Hill more, though, than I like Cam. Yeah, I think I'm in, I'm in that direction with you as well. I think Cam would be a good pivot off Hill coming off that bye. It's a bad Atlanta team. And like you said, maybe with no no Christian McCaffrey there now, maybe a little less reliance on the dump-offs, maybe throwing a bit more downfield to the receivers or using his own there to be productive. Running back position here, Howard. The top of the price, top of the pricing points here. We have Eckler as the top price running back this week against the Giants. We have Kamara in his return against the Jets, as we just discussed. Joe Mixon, though questionable, I saw a report today that he's you know, expected to play. He's right up there. Is well. Do you like, I guess, any of these top tier guys? Anybody that you're looking at? He's like, all right, starting my lineups with this player, building around them. I do like Eckler. No doubt about it. Ooh, no. Howard. Officially, Keenan Allen is out against the New York Giants. I like Eckler even more now. There you go. There you go. I mean, I think listen, the, the Giants' run defense is terrible. Eckler is a solid guy. He's a solid pass catcher. He's on the field regularly. And your Justin Herbert is losing his his number one weapon. So they will adjust. You gotta you get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. That's how you win ball games. And that means now if Keenan Allen is out, then Austin Eckler is your number one weapon. They, the Chargers aren't stupid. They know that's what they've got to lean on now and so i'm perfectly fine with uh, with using him i was just being asked as far as camara goes with relation to Taysom hill do you think Taysom hill loses some of his shine because camara is back and i just my personal belief is that the jets defense is bad enough that both can eat in this uh, in this situation i think right. maybe it takes a little bit of uh a little bit of rushing yards away from Taysom Hill because he's obviously not jumping back into passing mode too much, I'm sure. So uh, I, I think that with the presence of Hill there, I like Eckler more than I like Kamara. We'll see about Mixon. I, I hear he, yeah, he's supposed to play. He's been dealing with like it's been it was a chest injury and then it was a neck injury and now it's an illness. So I mean I don't know what's going on with Joe Mixon. But it just seems to be a, a multitude of things. So if I'm looking at the top tier and I'm going to pay up, I'm paying up for Eckler. And then I'm probably going to look for, I don't know, something in, in a lower pricing tier that I can uh, that I can potentially get away with. Maybe like uh, like Josh Jacobs is probably the, uh, yeah. the next guy I like. I think, I think Josh Jacobs is pretty nice. I actually, I do think, I think the Fournette play is interesting if you're just looking at how Buffalo has struggled against power running games. Now, again, I know the narrative here, Tampa Bay at home and Brady likes to throw a lot, but Fournette's actually got receiving touchdowns in two of the last three weeks. If you think that this is going to be a game where it's back and forth, look at these receptions and target numbers for Leonard Fournette and Howard. Eight, eight, six, nine, the last four games for targets. Seven, seven, six, eight for receptions. He's being everything you want in a, as a PPR back. And then if they do go power running game, the rushing touchdown upside's there. The volume could be there. Yeah, I think Fournette could be an interesting spot and maybe even overlooked in this matchup. Yeah, I definitely think so. Once you put that high 
point total on there. It's funny how so many people pivot away from the ground game. I mean, right. yeah, it's a, it's a great point here with using Fournette, no doubt about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, 7,400 on DraftKings. So is that the, uh, do, you, do you go with like him and Jacobs and go with like two mid-tier guys here? Or do you go with like Eckler and, and you try to pay down even more and look further uh, further down the list? But So, I mean, I think with Allen officially being out, there's now like a very obvious value option that's going to be available from, as we talked about, and he, you're thinking Josh Palmer, he's $3,000, right? So So now we're getting value plays that we can fit into our lineups to help pay up for, you know, some of these guys. So I, I think you could go an Eckler and a and, and a, Fournette. A Fournette. And you have that value kind of going behind you as well. If we are looking in the mid-tier, Jacobs is a great call. Antonio Gibson, even though it's a Dallas, and I know that they've been decent against the run and they're getting help back on that defensive front. I talked about it with you on any up, talked about it on alarm on the fantasy alarm show. You know, when Washington came out of their bye, they completely changed how they're running their offense. And it's now hand the ball off, hand the ball off control clock keep opposing teams offenses off the field because their secondary is bad and teams are just scoring and that's what we've seen out of Gibson now 24 19 29 23 carries it's not like he's averaging great yards per carry 3.8 3.8 yeah did have five against Carolina 2.7 against Tampa Bay but he's also being used in the passing game 12 catches on 13 targets the last two weeks so I'm in on Gibson here I think the strategy for Washington is just to keep on feeding him I'm right there with you unless J.D. McKissick comes back. We're still in concussion protocol. And we're just kind of waiting to see there. If McKissick is back, well, then that takes some of the passing work off of Gibson. That's just we've seen Ron Rivera and, and, and Scott Turner favor McKissick in the passing game. So I, I like Gibson. I like I love Gibson if, if McKissick is out. I like Gibson if McKissick is in. Yep, I think that's fine. I'll also go a little bit lower. I don't know if you saw the report today. I retweeted it. Mike Boone is in the COVID protocols for Denver. Their Fangio didn't release that there was any other close contacts there, but something to watch now with the Denver running back room. If a Javante Williams or a Melvin Gordon end up being close contacts, we're sitting here on a Friday. They're going to have enough time to be on the field. If either one of those Denver running backs is the feature back this week with the other one out, you lock and load them against Detroit. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So the hope then is that Melvin Gordon has been hanging out with Mike, right? Like the two of them are like inseparable. Uh, I mean, They're well, best well, friends. Williams is, Williams is the more expensive one. So, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a selfish DFS reason, you want the cheaper one. So you kind of hope that maybe Williams is the one that's been uh, sharing rooms there with Boone. Not that we're wishing COVID on anybody. Let's not trust. No, but I mean, do you really you know? want to, do you really, would you prefer to rely on, I mean, you think about what is it? $500 differential? It's, it's Gordon, there's been nothing wrong with Melvin Gordon this year, though. So I have no because problem. He's, with because him. he's only shouldered half the load. Well, yeah, but I mean. So what I'm saying is, is Melvin Gordon going to be able to shoulder the full load to the point where you're like, yeah, this is going to smash in DFS? Or are we better off with Gordon being out and get Javante Williams? Because we've seen what Javante Williams already does against a weak run defense when he's given the full opportunity. Yeah, I, I think either one of them will be fine. Again, Melvin Gordon in his limited workload has been great. He's got seven rushing touchdowns on the year. He's been used in the past game. I, I have no worries. Obviously, about one but of them. He's, he's seen 50% of the workload. Yeah, but so had Williams until he was given the full workload. Right, so I mean, and we just saw what Williams looked like with the full load, and that yeah, but looks why would phenomenal. You think that, 
But why would you think Melvin Gordon would struggle with the full workload if he's been doing just as good with the same 50%? Because Melvin Gordon is significantly older. There's more mileage on him. He's actually not as an explosive back as Javante Williams is. Javante Williams also does happen to be a bit of a better pass catcher and runs better than Melvin Gordon out in space. I mean, you're asking me if I want the the, the rookie running or old man river with a full workload. He's I'll 28. take the rookie running. What are you back. talking about, old man river? <laughs> it's it's not about it's not about the the age. It's about the mileage on the. No, that, like, I completely understand. I'm just saying I haven't seen anything from Melvin Gordon this year to make me think he's not he can't hack one game against Detroit getting 25 carries. So. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't think there's. Oh. Any, do you have any interest in these Tennessee running backs? No. Goes back. If one more person asked me about Dontrell Hilliard, I'm going to crawl out of well, my. I was, what, yeah, he, I've never been a Deonta Foreman fan. All right, listen. Both of them ran for 100 yards against the Patriots, and now they have Jacksonville. Somebody is carrying that football, Howard. Somebody so. is definitely carrying that football. I'm. You know what? I will. I will happily bypass that. Right. I will. This game has all the earmarks of like Jacksonville getting like coming out to like a fluke 14 point lead and pushing Tennessee into a more of a pass heavy game. It just has that feel to it. It really does. I, Tennessee's not a good team. They're not. And I feel like people who are like all up in Deonta Foreman who has sucked for his entire career and Dontrell Hilliard who He's, he's been a, a third string scat back for Cleveland for the last couple of seasons. There's nothing that I like about either one of these guys to the point where I'm like, all right, well, they just they're in a smash matchup. So I'm going to I'm going to tilt towards them. I mean, you have to understand that more than just what they did one game last week against the Patriots versus like what their careers have been and, and you know, what we're looking at. Sure. Uh, I think the chalk is going to be Jeff Wilson anyways as value. Mitchell looking like he's not going to play. Wilson, full practice on Thursday. He's $4,400. We saw him get the 19 carries against Jacksonville. Wasn't able to do much with it, but not really to his total fault. I mean, Debo Samuel had the rushing touchdowns in those games. Just from a pure volume standpoint here, are you buying into the Wilson $4,400 tag? No, I mean, Jamichael Hasty is definitely well-liked by the coaching staff. Shanahan's a big fan of Hasty. And yeah, Wilson doesn't do much when he's given that many carries. So I kind of worry, is is Wilson just going to be relegated to a a lesser role, a minor role behind Hasty, Or are he and Hasty going to split it 50-50? I don't think Hasty's going to carry the football um, at all. I I think he's probably going to be used as their their third down back. That's kind of been the role that he's had this whole season, regardless of who's been in or out of the lineup for them. So I kind of see that being the way that he is utilized, but it's certainly, I could certainly see maybe a path against Cincinnati where it's maybe a little bit more back and forth. They can't really run as much as, the, as San Francisco wants to, and therefore Hasty's on the field as that pass catching up. What is it about his game log that makes you think that? I'm just kind of curious because, I mean, yeah, I've seen that he's well, got— Well, just the way they've used the backs, right? Receptions and stuff, but— yeah, it's just been it's just been the way they've used them. They they've only really used Hasty as your pass catching running back, and they've used they gave uh, Wilson the the primary carries as a guy uh, that's going to be in that role. So just the way it seemed to be perceived, I've seen uh, similar reports at times come out when like Hasty was just being activated. People thought like, oh, maybe this will be an opportunity for him to carry the football, and the reports were like, no, they like his ability to catch it. So. I, I would be surprised, I think, if he was going to all of a sudden line up and get 
half the carries and all the passing down work. But I mean, I guess I guess we could. Yeah, it just kind of takes the again takes some of the shine off of off of Wilson. Okay, that's uh, fine. The price point I think is just what's going to grab people. So uh, yeah, obviously when you're sitting that cheap. Yep, exactly what it's going to be like. I will say that this. Why, why not Ty Johnson, huh? Or Adrian Walter. Well, you can't run against New Orleans, so you're just hoping Ty Johnson's catching footballs then? <laughs> I'm just fucking around. All right. Uh, wide receivers. Tyreek is at the top. Stefan Diggs. You know the drill right here. We talked about CeeDee Lamb already. Where are you looking at this top tier of the wide receiver pool? I love Diggs this week. I definitely do for the aforementioned anger. <laughs> the C out of, uh, out of Buffalo this week. I like that for sure. Brady and company are going to have to come back. I guess I guess I'd probably tilt more towards Evans than Godwin, maybe. Yeah, I made that mistake last. I, week. I went with Godwin last week, which like that's what it, why it like tilts me towards Evans. Also, who lines up more opposite where Tre'Davious White was supposed to be? I think so. So Diggs probably is my is is my favorite. I do like Lamb. I'm lukewarm on Godwin. McLaurin. It's an interesting one here. This little war between McLaurin and Trevon Diggs right now, and just between Dallas and Washington in general, I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those games where it's like you're all pissed off because penalties aren't being called on Diggs against McLaurin, and he's not getting enough separation, and there's all sorts of issues there. So I'm, I'm curious as to what you think on, uh, on McLaurin going up against Dallas. Yeah, man, listen, I think McLaurin needs the, the right game script here because, as I've talked about, they, Washington wants to run the football. They want to control the clock. They want to keep the opposing offense off the field and limit their defense on being on the field. And if that's their case, and they want to give 25 carries to to, to Gibson, it kind of limits, I think, the full upside of what McLaurin could get. I also don't think Hineke is that good of a quarterback, and I think we're starting to realize that. as So the targets have been fine, but... You know, the yardage hasn't really been there. He's only got one touchdown basically since week seven. So there's just maybe in a game stack, if you're looking for something to come back, I know you like to do that. I just feel like there's a low floor. Maybe of anybody at that price point, you might have the lowest floor okay. uh, just because of whose team is. And where are you on with uh, Jamar Chase? Because here's another guy who, you know, let's face it, has not produced in the last two weeks. Yeah. Same thing. They want Cincinnati's running the ball too much, right? And then last week you had the thumb problem or the the pinky problem with with, with Burrow. Now two Burrow's defense and Chase's blunder. He did have a touchdown, Howard. I don't know if you remember the play I'm talking yeah, he about. Dry, yeah, he tipped it back to the uh, tipped to it the back to the defender, back. but he was gone. If he could, if he just caught the football, he was he was taking that to the house. So I mean, that's what he brings to the table. He has an explosive upside. But again, they want to run the ball with Mixon. However, if Mixon is injured or hampered or limited in any way then yeah i think chase is fine higgins is questionable on the play he came back with a limited participation on thursday um yeah, so we'll they, see they said today up. that they expect him to play yeah so i mean we'll, we'll see what, what Foley ends up happening on that one but yeah listen chase is another guy that has that big boom upside it, it all depends on game flow again san francisco is a team that doesn't really want to play at a quick pace they want to grind you down and run the football and if that means less plays for Cincinnati, when they get the ball on their end, you know, maybe it takes away from what Chase can do. But you look at the two games against Las Vegas and Pittsburgh, they didn't need to throw the football. He had nine total targets. You look at the game against the Chargers, they had a throw, he had eight. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Cool, cool, cool. Mid-tier, we already talked about it. I, I think both Metcalf and Lockett are in play. Lockett's mm-hmm. obviously been the better option of late, but it's Houston. You've mentioned that teams want to th- run the ball against Houston, not really throw. 
I think teams just kind of run against Houston by default because they're up by so much. But we saw the Rams throw all over Houston. So it's not like teams can't throw in Houston and be successful. And the way Lockett and Metcalf and Russell are going, I think one of these guys are going to go. Yeah, listen, I've got Lockett in the uh, in the watch list for this week. I'm definitely in on uh, on his potential. Like you said, it, it makes for a nice GPP stack, that's for sure. Mm, definitely. We talked about DJ Moore. Love that. Hunter Renfro, you can keep unlocking in there. He had 100 yards now in two straight games. The targets continue to be there. Uh, great, great for PPR. Mike Williams, I think now probably could be the highest rostered receiver this week, assuming he clears, which it seems like he's going to. He's only $6,000. He's going to get a ton of targets. We saw, was it last year when Allen went down? I believe it was. Williams was coming up with some big games, so... Uh, I fully expect Williams to be in a lot of lineups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like Williams is going to be fine. Again, as long as he continues to to, to test negative. He just skipped right over poor Hollywood. I told you, I don't like Baltimore, but you're... <laughs> I'm just keeping it fresh in everybody's mind that Baltimore still exists. Baltimore does still exist, that's true. Does your boy Elijah Moore play this week? I don't know. I don't know. The Jets receiver I like the most... Obviously, you got to like Moore, but Moore is going to end up seeing a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, who hasn't been the same Marshawn Lattimore. Wouldn't you much rather have a little Jamison Crowder against P.J. Williams, the worst cornerback in the in the entire NFL? Probably. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't. We'll have to see with Moore. I don't know about Ayuk. Brandon Cooks is Brandon Cooks is always just the the guy you want coming back against your against your, your stack right Do you like want him coming back with david mills you know what davis mills will at least throw the ball around and mm-hmm. seattle secondary still isn't very good so i mean i wouldn't hate on it because i mean look at the price tag right 5700 let's see what happens here we go see now i'm inspired now i'm inspired john to put together a lineup i haven't been doing it the entire time <laughs> but now now I'm going to, and I'm going to start with a Seattle stack here. So let me go find my my Metcalf and my and my Tyler Lockett and Brandon Cooks coming back, and let's see what uh, what we can do. You can hang out with Russell Gage. Okay. Well, well you do that. Oh yeah, Gage. I'm out. I'm a one about Julio Jones. Howard full practices. Gonna come back. He's better than Westbrook Akine, right? So. Would you trust Julio in a matchup against Jacksonville? Would full systems go there? 5,400, it's a good price. Yeah, I kind of feel like you have to, right? I feel like you have to give a look at Julio. I, I, he'll be, I, I think he's going to be very highly owned this week just for the fact that his just name recognition alone is going to be uh, is going to be big. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same feeling with you. Just the name recognition is going to. It's going to put ownership right there on him as well. I'm trying to think if we're going down. I mentioned I liked Tyler Boyd. I still do. Even if Higgins is active, that's fine. While we're recording also, Hawkinson has been downgraded to doubt. Thoughts on Armand St. Brown or your boy Josh Reynolds here against Denver? Denver's corners are actually pretty decent. I think if anything, this probably helps out Jamalfa Williams a little bit more, right? I mean, I feel like it could end up being that that kind of a situation where they're like, well, let's just let's run the ball a lot more. I like Amon Ross St. Brown and and Josh Rounds. I like them both in seasonal when you're looking for that 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 low end uh, wide receiver three play like that. I'm okay with, but you know, beyond that, it's uh, it's tough. 
definitely tough. To trust them in DFS is anything more than just like a random one-off. Sure. If we're looking down again, guys, under $5,000, you mentioned Crowder already. That's going to be in there. I'm assuming you like both Buffalo receivers in, in Sanders and Beasley? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say all of the, the Buffalo receivers are going to be in play for me this week. I definitely would. I would consider that. Okay. And we talked about the, the Chargers guys. Guyton is 34. Palmer's $3,000. For sure going to see probably a lot of people on either one of those two options just because you're trying to get some value into your lineup. I guess maybe the only other guy I would consider throwing out there is like Traquan Smith or something like that. I think a receiver against the Jets, whether it be Callaway, whether it be Smith, I think both of those guys could be in for a nice game here, even if it is Taysom Hill throwing the football. Even if it is Taysom Hill throwing the football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I'm fine with... I'm fine with that. I mean, stack your Saints. Just, it's the Jets. There's, that's what I'm saying, nothing, right? It's the like, there's nothing that puts up a fight in the uh, for the Jets. They're really, they just, they don't. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm totally cool with that. I'm fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Are there matter. any other value receivers that are on your radar? What? Value, value receivers? receivers? Let's see. Well, we talked Palmer, and Guyton is obviously a, a potential in there as well. I'm trying to think. To anybody, I'm scrolling through. I mean, I'm not going to hate on Donovan Peoples-Jones under 4K. Okay. Well, because to think about it, you've got Jarvis Landry who's dealing with a knee injury. Harrison Bryant is already out. David Njoku is on COVID, and he's going to be out. So you've got Hooper, and then who? Jarvis you know, Landry. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, Landry Landry should play, but, I mean, we've seen this knee issue kind of trouble him all over yeah. the place. I mean, granted, yeah, like, I know you hate banking on Baker Mayfield, but... Oh, he's terrible. Yeah. They're going to have to throw the ball at some point, aren't they? Presumably. Yeah. One would assume they would have to eventually throw the football. Oh, assuming is never good. Never good. Never good. I agree. All right. Tight ends here. Top guys, obviously, Kelsey Kittle uh, and Gronk, I think, are, are you can play them all uh, however you want to fit them in your lineup. I don't think anybody's going to sit there and question why. So go ahead, start them up, do what you want. Mark Andrews for you, Howard. Uh, we'll get your Baltimore shout out there. But if we're looking, I guess, in the mid-tier, do you like a Dawson Knox this week against Tampa Bay? Do you go back and maybe take, like, a, a Noah Fant against Detroit? Was there, is Evan Ingram actually looked good the other week? He has a really good matchup against the Chargers. You mentioned Hooper already. Any other tight ends that are on your radar? Bill Jones, maybe? I mean, all right, so, so I do like, like I said, I liked Austin Hooper. I mean, he's priced down, though, isn't he? You want more... Mid-tier, no, I mean, I'll take whoever. Like, tight end, take anybody, I, right? I really, for me, looking at the slate this week, tight end feels like a spend-up spot. I, I look at this mid-tier and these value guys, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't really right, know. Right, right. Like Foster Moreau, it's it's okay against Kansas City. He's not gonna get he's not gonna get the the target that Waller gets, but this is definitely a better spot for him against Kansas City than last week was for for Vegas. I do like Ricky Seals Jones. No injury designation coming in against Dallas. They're soft against the tight end. I think Austin Hooper is actually a great in a great spot. Baltimore gives up like the fifth most fantasy points against the uh, the tight end. Jared Cook, him and Donald Parham, I'm kind of intrigued a little bit there mm -hmm. because the Jets, remember, 
they suck. Or, or no, the Giants too, right? Well, I'm sorry. I was looking at, at Adam Troutman, that poor son of a bitch. Why if he's on IR? Why is DraftKings have him in the in the list there? I don't, I don't get it. I do like Nick Vanette. Interesting. Well, I, again, it's going up against the it's Jets true. suck. True. Just, the problem but, is we don't have the Eagles on this side because they aren't a buy, so we don't have yeah. like. Well, then you just might as well pay up for Travis Kelsey because the Ra- Vegas Raiders give up the second most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. They do. They do. And I mean, I like Gronk. Again, no no shocker here. Even against Buffalo. Just the Gronk and Brady have never had trouble going up against Buffalo before. They're chasing down Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning for the uh, touchdown duo uh, record there. I think they're 16 scores away. Gronk had two touchdowns last week. So, like I said, Kittle, fantastic spot, especially if Debo is out again. Debo has been limited participant, I think I've seen. So, we'll have to watch the status there with him as he returns from that groin injury. But, you know, if they're out, Kittle, obviously monster game last week. Kelsey and Gronk at the top. So, that's my tight end. Your tight end look. All right. Defense is hard. Defenses. This is is a tough one this week, actually. It doesn't seem to be a really good paydown one. Yeah, I'm going Seattle, but I don't feel confident because they haven't been very good, but it's Houston. So I'm more so playing against Houston than I am encouraged by Seattle's defense. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, an, an option there. I was looking at them as well as the as that possibility. So like, the Saints against the Jets is obviously some low-hanging fruit. But, you know, I'm like, you always look for like a, a good pay down and I, I can't trust the Giants. I'm never going to trust the Jaguars. As much as I hate Denver, they will be smart enough to run the football, right? So I'm not loving the Lions. I'm definitely not taking the Texans. I'm definitely not using the Jets. Washington against Dallas is too risky. The Raiders going up against Kansas City, that doesn't sound good. Browns against Baltimore even, I don't like that. I actually like the Ravens plus three in the, uh, or plus two and a half in this game. Yeah, I'm not going to use the Bills. I'm not going to use the Ravens defense. I could use the Ravens defense. That might not actually be bad. <laughs> they stuff the run, right? And they just, they focus on stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, force Baker Mayfield to throw. Maybe that's the way to go. Falcons, Panthers, flip a coin. Panthers. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like like the Saints at like 3,600 on DraftKings are probably your more reliable bet here. Yeah, very much. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that one. Like I, I, I have them, the Seahawks, just as the spend down, probably the cheapest I would go. So them and the Panthers, obviously, again, kind of the cheap tight end, uh, sorry, cheap defensive darts to, to uh, take a peek at because Atlanta is just also pretty dreadful there. And, and Carolina does get after the quarterback. They do get sacks. So I just... We'll play Carolina, and then Cordell Patterson will have, like, three touchdowns and just haunt me. All right, so that wraps up the look here, Howard. Did you make a lineup? I did. I did, I did, I did. I got a couple of different directions I can go, but I built this lineup with your with the Seattle stack here. Okay. Right? So, Russell Wilson, and then, so, all right, so here's just, this is the one that I built. That We'll just see what happens here. Russell Wilson, Josh Jacobs, Jamichael Hasty. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks, Travis Kelsey is my tight end, Josh Palmer in the flex, and uh, and the Saints D. Now, obviously, I could pay down a little bit from Kelsey if I wanted to go just to Kittle, or I could pay down from the Saints instead of hasty use Wilson, or what I could even do is that if I were to go to like that mid-tier of, of that under 6K on DraftKings, and use like either Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon, whoever's available there, and then just kind of pair one of them up with. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. It's 
definitely tough. I could go both. Why not just go both? Both Denver running backs will actually let me pay up a little bit more on uh, on Palmer. So it's doable there. It's definitely doable. It's a work in progress, though. How about you? Yeah, well, I mean, that's why we're, this is our first look at things, right? So definitely work in progress. Let me know what you think. I got DraftKings here. Justin Herbert as my quarterback. Uh, I got Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara as my two running backs. I got Mike Williams, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf at wide receiver. I got Ricky Seals-Jones in my tight end spot. I got Josh Palmer at 3K in my flex, and I got the Seahawks defense, and that is exactly the allotted money for DraftKings. So Herbert, Fournette, Kamara, Williams, Julio, Metcalf, Seals-Jones, Palmer, and Seattle. Yeah, so you pay... You, you paid up at running back, and you paid down a little bit at wide receiver. Yeah, I got a bunch of mid-tier guys, 6,000, 5,400, 6, And then, of course, the 3K Palmer play helps you kind of get there. Yeah, the 3K Palmer play is nice, although maybe it doesn't even hit. And then where are we at? Well, it's 3K, so what does it need to do to hit, <laughs> right? Like, if he catches three for 35, like, you hit. Like, it doesn't have to be huge. It just can't be a zero. It just can't be a zero. All right. Groovy. So that wraps up this week. Again, Howard has the playbook and the uh, dartboard on Saturday. He also have the example lineups on Sunday. We have the coaches and, and everything out, out already. We'll meet uh, myself and Andrew Cooper will be on the live stream from 11 to 12 on Sunday. Sure? I have con- confirmed that Coop will be there uh, a few times. So Coop will be there on Saturday, on Sunday. 11 to 12 with me, leading you into uh, the 12 o'clock hour with inactives, start sick questions and everything. You can get us in the Discord. Howard and I will certainly be in there answering your questions. And you know where to find us on Twitter as well. But for Howard and John, we will catch you guys later.